Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a new mini episode to help everyone with some quick listens to get great ideas and tools for gymnastics. Developing and maintaining your chenkos and souks. This week's mini podcast episode is a sneak peek of one of last year's Shift Symposium's guest lectures, Developing and Maintaining Yurchenkos and Souks, presented by Kale Robinson, former NCAA athlete and owner of Pacific Rain Gymnastics. His passion is helping each athlete reach their own individual potential. Hi everyone, my name is Kale Robinson. I'm going to be giving a lecture today on developing and maintaining Yurchenkos and Souks. Um, I first wanted to take this opportunity to thank Dave and the entire staff at Shift for giving me the opportunity to talk to you today. Um, and I also wanted to iterate from the beginning that if you guys are confused about anything, um, if you have any questions, uh, please reach out to me via email, um, drop a note into my DMs. I'm happy to share my phone number as well. Um, I love talking technique. I love hearing new ideas, uh, different takes on the things that I present, the different things I believe in. So I'm definitely open to having further discussion if you want to reach out. A little bit about me. I am the co-owner of Pacific Rain Gymnastics. Um, it's in Woodenville, Washington, about 25 minutes outside of Seattle. Um, I was a gymnast myself for 16 years. Uh, I did gymnastics at Stanford during college. And during that time that I was there, I began coaching women's gymnastics at Airborne. Um, and then I've been fully uh, coaching for eight years uh, as a full-time gig. Um, my biggest passion in the sport is helping each individual student reach their max potential, no matter what that is. If it's elite, if it's a level three state champion, I just want to try to maximize every possibility that they have for growth and development in the sport. Um, I do not think that I am any sort of technical master. Um, I think that I do have a close attention to detail, um, and I haven't been afraid to ask questions to many different clinicians coaches whose gymnastics that they've produced, I, I really respect. Um, and then I've kind of taken a little bit of everything that I've learned. And I do think I've done a good job of putting it into a successful program. So I'm excited to share with you what has stuck with me um, and how I develop high level vaults, specifically your chenkos and souks. I think the biggest priority you need when coaching vaults um, is patience. Um, you're essentially coaching one skill. And it's going to take a lot of time to develop. Um, I also think that you don't see a lot of immediate results on vault. Um, sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you do. Um, but the reality is it's hard when you're seeing a vault every single day to notice the progress. So you need to be patient. I also encourage you guys to video things so that you can go back and look um, two months prior um, and see the progress that your students have made um, because I, I guarantee you they are making progress. Um, if you're sticking to a consistent program. Um, so like my next bullet point says, I, I, I think that consistency is the key to vault. Um, you are going to have kids that are just naturally powerful and vault comes pretty easily for them, but you're also going to have kids that are weak and where you have to be more technically sound to get them to do a big vault. Um, and, and vault can't be ignored. You know, it's still a quarter of their all around score. Um, and I think with technical efficiency, you can get, um, weaker, not as powerful kids to do big vaults. Um, I, I highly encourage you finding drills that work for you and that address some of the different topics I'm going to uh, go over today, but really set that up into a program that you feel comfortable sticking to for at least three months. 
Um, and then from there, you can see, you know, if your program has created some things that aren't quite getting addressed or if certain areas are deficient or if certain areas have gotten really great and you can maybe back away from those a little bit because you've had your students master those over the three months. Um, I think it's super important to take the wealth of knowledge that's on the internet right now. Um, everybody is constantly posting great drills that work. Many of them, so many of them work. Um, but I think that you have to find the ones that work best for you, that you can coach the best, that click the best with your athletes, um, and really stick with those in a consistent program. Um, kind of a rule of thumb for me is that if I'm going to put one new drill in, I have to take an old drill out simply due to time. We, we are efficient in my gym. We work from start to finish and there's not a lot of downtime. So adding something in is probably going to put us over time having kids get out late of practice. And I just don't like to do that. So any new drill I put in, I must really believe in it and think that it, you know, it must be awesome or there's got to be some pretty strong, um, proof in the pudding, if you will. Uh, I break your chenkos and souks down into five different components. So first is the run. Second is the hurdle. Um, third is the round off and, or the board position for a souk. Um, your entry on the table, uh, and the post flight. I try to address each of these components on a daily basis during our vault rotation. So, um, at some point every day, we are talking about each of these different aspects of a vault or addressing them technically, whether the kids know it or not. Um, our, our vault week is divided as following. So we vault five days a week. Um, my, my elite group or kids that are trying to go to elite, they train six days a week. We just don't vault on one of the days. Um, my JO kids have some sort of vault every single day. So day one, we do run drills and upper body plyo, and then we flip uphill. Um, I'm fortunate enough in my gym to have a vault that goes to resi and then they can go back going into the pit. So depending on the time of season, they might flip uphill like to a full resi height and then they would return uh, with either twisting into the pit or, or whatever upgraded vault they're working into the pit. Um, but I, I use that day as an, as an opportunity for them to really go after technical changes into the loose foam as well. Day two, um, we do eight inch drills with return stations. So I'll go over that whole complex that I do. Uh, day three is competition vaults. So again, depending on the time of the year, that could be competition height soft. It could be a little above competition height soft, or it could be, uh, again, I have a resi side of vaults. So we try to make it relatively hard um, and high for competition days, um, but we don't actually vault on full hard mats until we get to the meet. Uh, day four, we do the eight inch drills again with the return stations and day five is another day of competition vaults. The run drills I do are actually directly from Nick Reddick's masterclass. Um, I, I had my own that I was doing that I wasn't loving. Um, I watched the, the lecture, um, that he put out on vault runs. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it and I just implemented that directly into our program. So if you haven't checked that out, you should go check it out, um, I don't need to go over that a lot. I just encourage you to go check over, check out his run drills. I think they're great. Um, the, the few points of emphasis that I do have when I'm coaching the run is shins driving forward on every step, meaning that it should look like a it's a high knee run, so knee about uh, hip height, and then I want the shin if they were if they had a mat in front of them when they were running, their shin would be pushing forward and contacting the mat every single step, um, and it should be a striking action on the ground. So it should feel plyometric 
um, and like punching off of each step uh, to create that energy. Um, the other big thing that I focus on is that their shoulders stay tall while they're running. So I don't ever want to see a kid, you know, at an angle with their shoulders leaning forward because from that they're not going to get a good down kick into the hurdle or the hurdle is going to fall forward. They're going to lock out their front leg. That action of leaning on your run is going to, you know, uh, create further problems down the line. So, um, the biggest thing I do for this is I'll have the girls start with five, uh, high knees run in place or whatever run drill we're doing, but in place, and then they slowly move forward. And then from that point, they try to accelerate, um, without their shoulders leaning forward. So I, I often, the cues I'm using as a coach are to move their arms faster. And then when I feel like they move their arms faster, their legs are going to match that. Some key things that I focus on on the actual vault run. So it's really important to me that steps should be counted um, and and both athlete and coach know exactly how many steps each kid is taking um, and they should know where to hurdle. Uh, so I, I think this serves, you know, some technical purpose. You can make adjustments, but I think for me, it's the biggest, uh, the biggest reason for doing this is to be able to problem solve more efficiently. So I didn't, I actually wasn't trained this way to coach my own steps or where to hurdle. Um, I just kind of felt everything. Um, and then as I started coaching, the number of times that I, I got to meets and kids, you know, felt like their steps were quote unquote off and they just struggled or they would balk or something like that. Um, it just was too much and it was too stressful. So we got a lot more diligent about having data points and for vault, that would be how many steps you're taking and where you hurdle so that you can quickly problem solve when you're in a stressful situation at a meet. On Mondays, we do upper body plyo. So uh, this is the list of everything that we do in the sequence, but I have videos uh, that I'll go over uh, moving forward. But we do this because I, I think we all train plyometric legs because we know that athletes need to punch the floor. They need to be able to have their legs work as springs, essentially. Um, and one, one thing that I often hear coaches say on vault is that they want their students to be able to bounce off their hands, but that's a skill in itself. So I think it's really necessary that you're, you're conditioning that skill, you're prepping your athletes to be able to get the result that you're wanting. And so we, we, we do a quick tumble track circuit where they're figuring out how to bounce off their hands and use their shoulders, uh, and tension in their core, uh, to create that bouncing action. If you want to hear the rest of this lecture, you can access it on the SHIFT website. The 2023 SHIFT Symposium runs from Friday, June 23rd to Sunday, June 25th, where you can learn everything you need to know about gymnastics medical care, gymnastics coaching, and gymnastics strength and conditioning. So don't miss out. Head over to shiftmovementscience.com. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just want to let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests you want to have on in the future. And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just 
just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful and that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing it and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.